your new home for podcasts and original music. The Sackliff One Radio Network. Nick Saban does not play anybody less than his. He doesn't put anybody less on the field than his very best player. Whatever does, whatever does. Um, I heard a noise. My bad. Somebody just left it on. <laughs> left it on myself, uh, that Colorado defense is definitely underrated, but he, they ended up pulling it out late. Uh, they have one of the players to watch for, uh, Isaiah Spiller. Oh, it, it's better. It's better now. Trust me. Like back in the day, there was at least one murder. <laughs> so, I mean, it's better now. Realize that you're not doing anything to press your case by getting me to go down there. No, nah, man, come on down there. It was only one murder. Yeah, they're only averaging one murder a year. And shout out to Florida. They're playing them this Saturday. Number 11 ranked Florida playing number one Alabama. So I think that's going to be a high scoring game. And wow. Well played, Colin. Well played. I did not see that one coming. <laughs> you, get, you, get, you get a double finger point, one for me and one for Sean. You need to get deep. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, live back again. One half of that dynamic duo that is Let's Talk Football, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm here with my guy. I'm here with Mr. Impersonations himself, Anthony Handy. Hey, do what not, up, Anthony? What's going on, man? Do not promise me a good time and not follow through because I guarantee you <laughs> I will get you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, and ladies and gentlemen, you see, you see what we're wearing? You know, I know you're used to us wearing other things, but we're talking college football today, baby. So we gotta go with the teams that, that we rep. You know, I got that baby blue, that tar heel blue. Raleigh, North Carolina, Chapel Hill in the building. Take your shirt off like, and twist it around your head. It's been like a helicopter. helicopter. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And my guy, Ugga, UGA. You bet. Go, dogs. Sick em. Let's hurt, 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 hurt. <laughs> Let's go. Welcome to Let's Talk College Football, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, it's long overdue. We've been trying to do it for the last couple of weeks, but ladies and gentlemen, the both of us have been grinding, working our butts off in a lot of other different fields, you know, doing whatever we can do. But we had to get this together. And I, I got to shout out my guy, Nicholas Rosario. Hold on a second. He'll be with us. Hold on a second. Yeah. It's it called paying bills. That's what it's called. We hey. got working to pay the bills and hey. keeping our ladies <laughs> happy. Come on now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did a little bit of that yesterday. Missing my 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 rescue. <laughs> the look on your listen, listen. Wait a minute. Hold on. We got. I got. I got to back them up a bit. For those of you that didn't catch the last episode of the roundtable, no, it was watching the football weekly. Um, yeah. it was on Wednesday night, and Poshon, his face, it, you could just tell. It was like it was like a dog <laughs> that just took away his favorite toy. It's like yeah. So uh, the the the, the fiance and I, we got to go over to uh. We got to go see the Baltimore Orioles. You know, the Baltimore Orioles have been sucking for years. But yeah. going there, going this game with the misses. He's smiling the whole time. Smiling the whole time. They've been sucking the whole time. And, and But then it's a concert after that. And then she jumped in on the comment section like, but it's a concert afterwards. And this is my right. favorite band. You get date night with me, and I get to see my favorite band. So it's a bonus. And he's like, yeah, but I'm missing that game, though. 
Just shaking my head. Just I mean, absolutely. I just, I just wanted to jump in. The, I just wanted to jump in the comment section and say, "Blink once for yes, and blink twice for no." If you need me to, right, right, right. <laughs> hey, hey, but like a true football fan, I, I definitely had the uh, the earbud in the ear, sitting there uh, listening to it. And I and and, and and it's funny, man, because when I was getting excited about it, and, and I was getting hyped, and then at one point they made the winning kick, and I'm starting to yell, and and it was right when the band and everybody went quiet. <laughs> so I'm the only one like, let's go, Ryan. You were like, you were like Prince Akeem at the basketball game. Yes, yes. What are you doing, man? It's halftime. This is my favorite part of the game. <laughs> you put it in your face, bro. Right? No, but we got to get, we got to bring you this college football, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. We let's go. Want to do it. Let's and, and go. Hey, like we said, we are two weeks in, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, as a matter of fact, as we are going live, talking right now, Louisville. Is playing University of Central Florida. Uh, Louisville is up 28 21, led by Mark Malik uh, Cunningham. Uh, pretty solid QB. I don't know how high up on the list he's going to be, dual threat guy, but uh, definitely watch out for them. And Maryland and Illinois are in the second quarter right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, and what's the score? What's the score on that one right games. there? I'm, I'm curious to know the score on that one right there because uh, Illinois definitely made a name for themselves by uh, Double embarrassing. Double zeros, okay. Double zeros, yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, where's the score? He's like, it ain't none. Um, <laughs> ain't none. No, nothing. Not a, in the second quarter, too. Nothing so. from That's nothing, leave nothing. Anyway. Right. Uh, yeah, because they made a name for themselves by really embarrassing uh, the Cornhuskers of Nebraska. We'll get into that a little bit later, but oh, still. Yes. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. And, hey, and shout out to Maryland getting that dub in week one against West Virginia. West Virginia team that uh, I had high expectations for. Shout out to my fiance and her parents. Her parents live in West Virginia. Die hard. Absolute die hard Mountaineers. Everybody out there looks like a Mountaineer. You know, you know. Shout out careful, to them, but careful, they, they've careful, been struggling. Careful now; these are your future in-laws. <laughs> to everybody out there looks like a mountaineer. What exactly does he mean by that? I don't know. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're not just gonna brush past that, like, wait right, a minute, right, right? Come on back, come on back. But look, hey, ladies and gentlemen, reason we're trying to talk about some of these other teams is because you know, in our minds, they still there's competition in college football. But let's be very honest: if you, unless you are living under a rock. You know there is only one team that runs and has run the collegiate world for the past ten plus years, and that is twelve. The Crimson Tide, twelve. Yeah, that is the Crimson Tide of Alabama. It's Alabama and the rest of college football. Anthony, ah, you know how? I, wait, wait. You know, you know, how, you know how I feel about that, given the fact that my beloved dogs are in the same conference. I understand that. But listen, game recognized game. Like it, love it, or hate it. Don't care if you love them. Don't care. That that sounds like a segment I saw on another show with a dude that looked just like you. Like it, love love it, or hate it. No matter what way you flip the coin, there's no denying that uh, Nick Saban took that program and brought it all the way back to the prominence of the Bear Bryant years. Like when Bear oh, yeah. Bryant, when oh, yeah. Bear Bryant was coached at Alabama, it was basically Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Right. Then Texas would right. get, Texas would get one here, Nebraska yeah. would get one there, Oklahoma would get one there. But it was basically Alabama, and it's it just like cool in the gang. Right. It was like Alabama right. and the gang, and um, the rest, and the rest. Right. Now look, hey, now look, now look. You you mentioned like it, love it, hate it. So I mean, like it, love it, or hate it. 
I can't listen. I can't be mad at it. You know, I'm dog. You know, UGA till I die, my friend. But um, Alabama has definitely been the preeminent. That's my $175 SAT word for the day. Today, today's, <laughs> pre-eminent, today's, right? today's password is, uh, it's been the preeminent college football program in Division One mm-hmm. since Nick Saban took over. Okay? Yeah. They have, uh, let's see, I'm looking here. They've got six national championships in the last mm-hmm. 12 years. For a frame of reference, Alabama has not gone more than three seasons without Winning a national championship since Oof. 2009, since they won the first, since Nick won the first one in 2009, 2009, yeah. 2011, 2012, 15, 17, and 20. And they also, I believe, appeared in a couple more. I don't think they won them all, but they appeared yeah. in a couple more. So they played. They, they, seriously, is it any? Is it? Is it? Is it any? Uh, there's no irony lost in the fact that. Uh, Nick Saban, one of the guys that looks up to Nick Saban is Bill Belichick, who right. in the pro football your world, buddy, who, in the pro, who in the pro football world has been the exact equivalent. You have seen the yeah. Patriots in a Super Bowl about every three years since mm-hmm. 03. Yeah. And even last year, even and, though and, they weren't in the Super Bowl, a guy who was a product of that program was in the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. won another ring. So they, and that's interesting, but that's interesting though because then they ask the question: Is it the is it the player or is it the system? Now, because the, the reason why I say that is got to be the say that is because you yeah right. You mentioned you mentioned how Alabama has been a powerhouse for the last decade plus. Okay, and we already know three three of the former Alabama quarterbacks uh, are in the league starting right now. Uh, two of for Miami, Mac Jones for New England, and uh, Philly has Jalen Hurts. So is it the quarterback? Because is it the system? Because Bryce Young has come in and just picked up right where they left off. It's a know? testament to both, and I tell yeah. you why. Now, there's an old saying that old folks talk about: taking you, you can't you can't make sugar from something else, mm. but. Mm. Nick Saban has proven that if you take somebody with talent and you properly hone that talent, because mm-hmm. they already had to be talented to even make the, they had to be talented to even make the squad and they had to be that much more talented to win the starting jobs at Alabama, yeah. Alabama. They don't just put you on cause they like you <coughs> Nebraska, Adrian Martinez. Did I say that out loud? My Tourette's is acting up. Anyway, I'm gonna roll that back. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, you can't just like Nick Saban does not play anybody less than his. He doesn't put anybody less on the field than his very best players. Period. Yeah. So they got to yeah, be talented. Right. You're right. But not only well, it, and then there's the third. The third thing is uh, success. People want to be around success. Uh, pe- people want to be around a successful program. That's why I, I would pretty. I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm almost a hundred percent certain that Alabama. Can go in Alabama. Nick Saban could go to Tonga and get some kid to come play for him. That's how good mm-hmm. their recruiting program is, and because yeah. they've been so successful, because Nick Saban is a good coach, and because the program just keeps winning over and over and over again, it's gotten to a point where it's like it's almost like Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Nick has built it, and now yeah. kids just want kids just want to go to Alabama 
because it's Nick Saban. They do, and 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 it's funny that you. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's funny. Some of the players that sit on the bench, we look at Mac Jones and how high he got taken off of the uh, um, in the draft. We look at Tua Tagovailoa, how how high he got taken. Now he had that game where he won the national championship, and then you know uh, he had the year after, but he was on the bench for a while and he got picked up. The the guys, the training, the things that they get, it's just it keeps moving it. And now you've seen the quarterback situation, but we've already known Alabama was known for one position, one position mainly, and that's wide receiver. We mm-hmm. know about Calvin Ridley. We know about Julio. We know about, you know, these big-name guys, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, all these guys that are coming out that are elite, talent, elite talented receivers. Um, and, NFL, and, 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 NF, and have NFL elite talents. Right. In college. To answer right. to answer right. to answer your question, Nate, uh, to I answer your question, that. Nate, about yeah. why are there a high number of transfers still? I'll tell you. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't really see a lot of. I you don't hear a lot of press about transfers out. Here, I, I will let me let me answer that real quick. So the reason why there are a high number, if there are, I agree that you don't hear a lot about them. Um, but the thing about it is. Nowadays, it used to be, and Andy, I know you can vouch for me, you can uh, speak for me when I say this, uh, it used to be if you got on a team and you weren't a starter and you had a Herschel Walker or a Bo Jackson in front of you, well, you had to wait till they left and then you could play. You look at Barry Sanders, he didn't get in until his junior year and he had to be kick returner because Thurman Thomas was in there before. Right. He didn't transfer. The transfer portal wasn't as prevalent as it is right now. Yes. Nowadays, if you are not starting, a lot of these guys go elsewhere, and they but, have the freedom to do it. That's why it's kind of like free agency, Nate. It's more prevalent now because there is more. It's more of a, a, a availability. It's more of an opportunity, right? But you the thing about that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The thing about the thing about yeah. Alabama is Nick Saban has built a program that these kids believe in so much, and they know, and and it has been proven the 2021 draft. 65 players out of Alabama. They had the highest number of players drafted. 65. The next closest was 42. And I think that was Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. But Nick Saban has built a program. It's like, if you come here and you trust my process and you work hard and you bust your hump, when the slot opens, I'll put you in it. You might be a quarterback. I'll have you be a kick holder until we get a quarterback slot open. I will put you at quarterback and you will leave here and you will get drafted. Yeah. And, and not only it, will you get not only would you get drafted, you will get drafted very high. It, I mean, Jalen matter of fact, out of the three quarterbacks you mentioned, there's there was a big debate today on the local sports franchise here as to who was the better quarterback, because they talked about the three of them. Uh it was last week. Who was the best quarterback out of the three of them? to come out of Oklahoma. And uh, shockingly, even though he came here his graduate year and played and almost led them to a national championship and was a Heisman finalist, they said Jalen was the least, the kind of the least talented because uh, mm-hmm. he was more of a run. He was more of a run first, like hit the first read, hit the second read. Instead of going back to the first read, if there's nothing there, you know, he'd take off running. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Nick Saban doesn't put any foolishness on his field. As you can see, he pulled Jalen to put in Tua to win the championship. 
Mm-hmm. And, but but when he, but when he left, when he left, he had nothing, nothing, nothing but high praise for Coach Saban. And he's just mm-hmm. he's built that kind of program where these kids are willing to sit. I think yeah. that every place else, I'm gonna be honest with you, Nate. Look around the college world, the college football world, and see what some of these guys are dealing with. I mean, you had Wanya Morris, which is one of the most highly sought after offensive linemen in the country, wound up going to University of Tennessee. He's here in Oklahoma playing now. He's like, I've had enough. Well, and, and the thing thing about it is, um, you know, it it, it there wasn't a, an ability to do that before. A lot of these guys had to stay on the team. Nowadays, if you're not starting, a lot of these guys go to the big name school and then they realize where they have been Mr. World, Mr. Everything in their local town, their local city for as long as they can remember, you're now third or fourth. The that messes with a lot the, of guys. The small fish in the big pond. And, and yeah. I, I, know, I know exactly who we can throw in that conversation. Tate Martell. Yeah. Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He, I forgot where he went. He was at Ohio State. He was slated to be the starter, uh, but then they gave the job to Haskins, and then he was slated to be the starter after Haskins left. But then he found out that uh, Justin Fields was coming, and he went mm-hmm. in the transfer portal, and then he went someplace else, and then he couldn't play there, and then he went in the transfer portal. I think mm-hmm. the reason that I, I'm gonna tell you, I, I, I put this, and this is a whole different animal, and then we will get up off of it because we might make some folk mad, but we, I, it just needs to be said. We have the current generation of young men is playing football right now is part of the first generation where, you know, parents were like, you can do this and you're the best at whatever it is. You're the best and blah, blah, blah. And you can do this. And, and they never tell them anything different. And so, like you said, small town guy happened to be the best quarterback in Buck Tussle, mm-hmm. Mississippi as a high school, as a high school player. But then he gets to Alabama on a scholarship because he had these crazy stats. And then he finds out, wow, the best the best of the best from everywhere are here. And instead of but instead of going either A, I need to work and get better at what I do, or B, maybe I should find another position to play. Because case in point, Heinz Ward was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, refresh my memory. What position was Heinz Ward playing when he retired from football and was inducted in the Hall of Fame? Wide receiver. Uh-huh. Right. Wide receiver. Uh-huh. Instead right. of saying, I need to find another position to play and be good at that or just find out how to be a contributor to the team, I don't want to stay here because they won't let me do what I want to do. Now, right. that's not everybody, but I can guarantee you that's the case with a lot of these guys. Right. Martel, right. he, Martel even said, uh, they're going to start – I got all faith that I'll be able to play because he put up a tweet and then he deleted it. Uh, I got all faith that I'll be able to play. No way they're going to start a guy that hasn't been here and hasn't put in the work. It's not even an Ohio State guy. And then Justin Fields showed up and he's like, oh, snap, dude's good. I'm at y'all. Peace. I'm going to go over here. That's exactly what right. happened. So, Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. And, yes, I do think some guys, to, to Nathan's question, I do think some guys do go to Alabama for absolutely. the name. For the name. But uh, talent. Uh, supersedes all of that. So yeah. if you're that good, you'll play at Alabama or anything. Oh, absolutely. But if you're not that good and you have four or five other guys ahead of you, you can go to a smaller school. You can go to a school in the MAC conference. You can go to school in the HBCU. You know what I mean? Yeah. And get playing time and dominant, be a Steve uh, Air McNair, you know, and then get recognized that way. There's but- a lot more little schools getting looked at nowadays. Um, 
but, but as a part of, part of the transfer. Yeah, but, but talent, like you said, talent supersedes all. I watched right. Shannon Sharp play his college ball when I was in school. Shannon was a grown man playing football mm-hmm. with a bunch of little boys. Right. I, I mean, Shannon was literally off the line, two yards off the line. He already had six steps on his cover, dude. All the quarterback had to do was just drop back. He'd just take the ball. He didn't even go through his reads. If Shannon was over here to the left, he'd step back, look Shannon's way, launch the ball. Shannon was going to run under it. You understand what I'm saying? So talent does supersede all. Uh, But to answer Nathan's point, yes. Like, it's just like if, you know what I'm saying? If you got the money to go to Harvard to get a college education, by all means, go to Harvard to get a college education. Because when you go and apply for a job, and you're and and, and 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 the guy next to you went to McNeese State, and the guy sitting on the other side of you went to the University of Georgia, and the guy sitting behind you went to Georgia Southern University. Mind you, all three excellent schools. Your degree says Harvard University, which means that the first thing they'll go is, huh? All right, we gonna put that one in the we gonna put that one in the callback pile. I mean, you re- you literally have to go in there and fall on your feet to not get that job. So, yes, right. I do believe a lot of guys go to Al- but And then on top of that, Alabama, you go to Alabama, the SEC right now has the absolute best um, exposure network. They've got to deal with – I don't know if they still have to deal with CBS, but they got to – no, they had to deal with CBS. But now they're on ESPN. The biggest conference in college football is on the biggest sports network on the face of the planet. If you play for the SEC, even if you play for Vanderbilt – Somebody's gonna see you on TV playing. Just right. saying. So absolutely. yeah, absolutely. And uh, shout out to Cameron watching, saying the transfer portal is hurting college sports, basketball, and football. Kids don't have the tough mentality; they don't want to work. Yeah, exactly. It's to to your point, Anthony, that this is a generation coming up where the parents are saying, "Hey, you know, you've been good. You're great at everything. You know, you don't have to take this. You can go elsewhere." X, Y, and Z. Fussing with the coach about why their kids aren't playing. Why is my kid not right. playing? Because well, sucks. right, and that's 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 they're very prevalent, especially in the little league sports. And you're seeing it with a lot of these refs not being not playing. Um, and but at the same time, like we said, thank uh, thanks uh, Nathan and Cam for those uh, comments. Like we said, talent supersedes it. Will heart desire supersedes it. System supersedes it. If you are able to play up to your ability any given Saturday. You can you can make it happen, and a lot of these guys go elsewhere because they don't want to be a part of a stud team. They want to make the team. They want to make the you know you hear about John Morant going to college basketball, who went to a Murray State, could have gone to a big name school, but went to smaller schools so he could actually get the playing time, get the tutelage, all the things he needed, and actually get the experience. So I guess the question to me is, how bad you have you Alabama? Home? As the, as the best team, you have Alabama as the, the cream of the crop. Okay, can anybody beat Alabama? The answer to that question is unequivocally yes. Mm-hmm. It's just the last ten years, it's kind of it's got to be a thing with the stars aligning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we saw it two years ago when the Tigers went on their just just obliterated everything in their path down at LSU, down in Baton Rouge. Uh, it, 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 they beat Alabama. Um, you know, Georgia, even in the, in the, uh, 2007, it was, well, it was actually 2018 
coming out of the 2017 season, Georgia actually had Alabama on the ropes and was a mere 20 seconds away from winning their first national championship in almost 40 years. Yeah. So they can be beaten. It's, it's just like uh, Rocky Four when it was fighting uh, when Rocky was fighting Drago. He's like, see, he's not a machine. He's human. You can beat him. And right. you know, in the other corner, Drago's going. This year, though, this year, I, I, they can be beaten. Yes, but can they be beaten this year? Can they be beaten this year? Well, um, I definitely think there are well, some teams. That, I, I think there's some teams that can beat Alabama at least. Hold up, Wait, hold up, man, hold up, because Nathan, I think Nathan's playing games here. I ask, can they be beaten? This man bringing out Maryland. Hold up, Nathan. Nathan, you want? You want this? Nathan, hold up, hold Nathan, up, Nathan, 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 Nathan. Wait a minute. Stop it, Skip. Hold, hold up, hold up, Nathan. That makes me crazy. <laughs> Stop it, Skip. Listen, 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 Skip, listen, Skip. Nathan, Nathan, I just I, I want to come and talk to you. You brought you brought I didn't want to bring Shay Shay here today. I didn't want to bring Shay Shay here today, but you was using words like uh Sean, can you can you can you please um let me know what words like uh, rolling and falling and stalling and 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 holding what they all have in common. And all in. No, no, no. They all got they all got L's in them. Double L's on top of that, <laughs> brother Nathan. If you don't stop it, you just rolled out one, two, three, four, five. You just rolled out five big flaming hot L's for Alabama. Now, I will say this. I will say that I got to get out of character because I do that all night. I will say this. Uh, we have a segment we're going to get into a little bit later about marquee matchups. I'm interested to see what Florida can do with Alabama, and I tell uh-huh. you this why. Why is that? Because the top two teams on the eastern side of the Southeastern Conference for the last 20 years have been the Dogs and the Gators. And then we just flip-flop with each other in the east every year. And I don't know um, – I don't really know what they're dealing with right now. Uh, they are 2-0, and but they lost Trask to the draft. And he was mm-hmm. he was a big catalyst. Pitts is now in Atlanta, where he's more than likely going to become an afterthought for six years until he gets traded off somewhere, and then he's going to ball out, which is typically what happens when um, people come to play for my Falcons. But that's another story for let's talk football. We talking college football, but yeah, Atlanta is getting a whole bunch of them L's. That's why when they called me and they said come play for Atlanta, it's in Savannah. I said nope. Nope, I'm going to have a whole bunch of L's, and I'm going to go somewhere where I'm going to win a Super Bowl trophy, which is exactly what uh-huh. he did, uh, ironically. That's where he got his first Super Bowl, beating the Falcons with the Broncos. Anyway, um, I do think Florida has a good shot. Uh, if just looking at the top 10, I'm just going to go top 10. I think Georgia has a shot. I think Florida has a shot. I'm, but to be completely honest, I think the teams that have the best bet at beating Alabama uh, are in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if if Trevor Lawrence and, and Travis Etienne were still at Clemson, I would say Clemson because I believe Clemson won a championship. Didn't they beat? Who did they beat to win the championship? You remember? It was, uh, I think it was Bama. I know it was Bama one year, but I think it was Ohio State another year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. They beat Bama. Like, but I don't know if this Clemson can beat Bama. DJ Ukulele, I don't think, is going to be able to beat Bama. Um, I'm not so sure about Oregon, Oklahoma, if Oklahoma's hitting on all cylinders, they could potentially, but their defense is a little sus. So honestly, right. I think the teams that I mean, have, big the, defense yeah, is I, I, I think that, I think the teams that have the best bet at beating the Crimson Tide 
are coming out of the SEC. It's either going to be it's either going to be Georgia in the SEC championship or Florida. If even if Florida doesn't beat them tomorrow, if they right. run the table after that and go and beat us, which absolutely not, y'all can forget about it. Any Gator fan watching this, keep dreaming. That ain't happening. Um, but mm-hmm. in a dream world, if you was dreaming and it happened and Florida won the East, I think Florida could beat Alabama in the SEC championship. Those are the only two teams. Those are the only two teams. Yeah, I see. I can see it. I, and, and shout out to Florida. They're playing them this Saturday. Number 11 ranked Florida playing number one Alabama. So I think that's going to be a high scoring game. And um, also, I, I got to agree, Georgia, number two, Georgia, who's getting what? Three of the 63 total number one votes. You know, so Georgia's getting a little bit of love. Uh, that offense Just is going to have bit. to. And offense is going to have to definitely show up in that type of matchup. But Georgia and Alabama normally play really good matchups. Um, honestly, I kind of agree same. with you. I, I think Auburn is one of those teams that they always seem to kind of get Alabama. Auburn gets Auburn, at the right time. Auburn gets hyped for the Iron Bowl. The, the, mm-hmm. the kick six kick six game stands out to me. Uh, Auburn always gets hype for Iron Bowl. It, it, it doesn't matter if Auburn is middle of the road. They will still at least show up. And even if it's just for one half of football, whether it's the first half or the second half, will show up and punch Nick Saban and the boys in the mouth a little bit. So that's always a fun game to watch. So that's my that's, that's, that's my potential third team that could beat yeah. Alabama. Um, but, da- David, but your boy your David Wright. It's SEC. It's SEC. I don't think there's anything out of the SEC that really – um, could stand the test with Alabama at least this year. And like then, you said, last year had it, had we been talking about Clemson? Have we been talking about some of these big name squads that had the team, the, the ta- caliber of players they had last year? Maybe we'll see. Absolutely. But because I mean, it's happened. Year. Like I said, it's not like Alabama has won a national championship every single year since Nick Saban right. was at Alabama. And right. they're being some, like they, they've won six championships since 2009. And they've been, I think they played in at least three more games. I think they played in nine national championship games in the last 12 years. So that means mm-hmm. 75%, if I got the numbers right, um, 70, 75% of the number, seventy. if I got the numbers right, they've played in 75% of the national championship games, or at least in the playoffs for the last 12 years. Like Alabama has always been right there in the thick of things. So, And that's oh, yeah. just a testament to what he's done. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. So, and you've seen like how Clemson, how Dabo Sweeney has kind of mimicked that and brought that kind of talent in. But it, but like you saw this year against, you know, against you guys, uh, you, DJ Ukulele. <laughs> I don't know. It's like Ukulele. It's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, or something like that. But I, yeah, I, I just say, no disrespect, DJ, if you're watching this. Right. He couldn't get over that hump. And and that team, albeit they had a stout defense, um, that offense looked very pedestrian, very very pedestrian. And then no no credit taken away from the Georgia defense, but you're it, when you when you have the mentality of the Alabamas, like Clemson has been the last several years, it's you expect next man up because, right. like you said, you're not starting just some joker. You're not starting some guy that's not capable of playing. Most guys that are able to start at the Alabamas and the Clemson are able to start most other places in the country. Yeah. So it's just like, it was just like I was talking about Adrian Martinez at Nebraska. I don't know what it is, but Scott Frost, he he's got the steaming undies for Adrian Martinez and Adrian Martinez is good for one of two things. He's either going to overthrow you or underthrow you. 
the only thing that he has been able to do that is productive is if coverage breaks down, if the line breaks down, and he can pull the ball and take off running. That's the only thing. Right. As a matter of fact, the commentators were saying earlier today, that's the one thing that Oklahoma needs to look out for. Because if he right. takes off running, he might do some damage. But even right. then, he's only going to be able to do he's only going to be able to do that so many times before they adjust. Exactly. And unfortunately, he's not playing defense and Oklahoma along with most other Big 12 teams have had historically historically poor defense, especially against high-powered offenses. Um, that's that's the one of the reasons why I didn't say Oklahoma is one of these teams that I feel like could beat Alabama because, you know, I you know Spencer Rattler is cool and everything, and I like him. Shout-out to him. We'll talk about him and players to watch for. But uh, I, I definitely don't think that he's somebody – even with him having an amazing game, that defense, albeit a solid defense, I don't think is going to hold its own against – um, in Alabama, and I got I got to shout out David Wright watching. He said I heard Tebow's going back to Florida to play left tackle, so I think they have the edge. So <laughs> I wouldn't doubt. Hey, I wouldn't doubt Tebow can go back there, start, coach, cheerlead, do whatever he wants to do over there in Jacksonville. So I, I you know, shout him out, you know, because you know he has some free time right about now. He has some free time right about now. But yeah, because oh, yeah. you couldn't tell him he wasn't going to be playing football. Right, oh, yeah. he's gonna play some type of way, some type of place. He's gonna definitely play. Um, some other notable teams that maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll go out there and take a look at uh, number eight, Cincinnati. I mean, it's always it's always difficult to look at like an AAC school or, or one of these schools that's not a, a powerhouse. Um, you have obviously Ohio State, even though they <laughs> wait, did wait, wait, take wait. the wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me back up. Did you say Cincinnati? Are we still talking about teams that can beat oh, yeah. Alabama? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. You, you yes, yes, yes. You seriously think the Bearcats can beat the, the Crimson Tide? Any given day. It, I think they can put in a good first three quarters. I think the talent will eventually spread up, but I believe in Ritter. I believe in that quarterback. They have a team that has been together for some years, and that's what's going to take. It's going to take a team that's been together for a good amount of years, that it has starters that have started for two, three, four years, to go up against a team like this Alabama. Because right now, honestly, Alabama is the most vulnerable they're probably going to get. <laughs> because they got guys that have, you know, first-year guys, albeit dominating, they're still younger-type guys that haven't had the real experience, and they haven't played anybody. I mean, Miami, we still have yet to see what Miami really is. Shout-out to De'Aaron King. Um, but we still don't know what they are, and they got crushed 44-13. to and then, and then Alabama played Mercer. So, you know, we really don't know how tough Alabama is. They really haven't played serious competition. So, who I, knows? I, I, seriously, Cincinnati? Listen, I'm not knocking Cincinnati. Cincinnati, for that conference, is a stud program in that conference. But that's like, that's, like, that's like me, you, Ab, Nathan, Will, Nick, and Delilah being the baddest pickup basketball team in the at the YMCA down in Reston. But then we go down uh go down there in the Chinatown and go over to the Capital One Arena and try and, and suit up against the suit up against the Wizards and get run Very off the true. court. Very true. Come on. Seriously I completely I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And all all intents and purposes, Alabama would probably blow them out the water. But what I'm saying is 
if we're talking about teams this year that could potentially be in the conversation, in my mind, it has to be a team that's played together for several years. They have a veteran QB. Cincinnati is one of those type of teams. Do I don't believe a- in. I don't believe in Ohio State. I don't believe in Notre Dame. I don't believe in you know uh, Michigan. I don't believe in some of these other Snell, teams. Nathan Snell, if you don't stop it right now, you, you don't. You did not. He the Nathan the sock right there. You see what he put in the comments. You don't want this smoke, boy. They go ahead, You gonna make you gonna make you gonna make Shay Shay go need to go get his asthma medication. Don't even do me like that. <laughs> Question: You got the comments enabled on the YouTube? I got some people pinging me saying they can't get in on the chat on the YouTube. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting comments. I'm, I'm mainly just seeing Nathan over here in the comments. I have oh my super phone. it's a I it's have... a super chat button or something like that. You have to open it in the YouTube app. Uh, my homeboy Colin, he's also a fellow University of Georgia fan. You have to open it in the YouTube app, and then you'll be able to chat in the comment section. You can't just go to YouTube.com. Those of you that are watching right now, thank you so much for joining us this week for the premiere episode of Let's Talk College Football. I am uh, Anthony Handy, a.k.a. Mr. Fingers, the former Mad Karaoke DJ of Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C., along with my illustrious, well, actually, he's the host and I'm the co-host, uh, Mr. Uh, the Shoutout King, Let's Go, Sean Spencer, uh, the founder of the whole family of Let's Talk Football podcasts. Uh, you can also catch Washington Football Weekly, the Big Nate podcast, Let's Talk Football, and the Roundtable, all in the family of Let's Talk Football. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... As far as as far as Alabama is concerned, I, I honestly I think to wrap this thing up in a bow because we've been talking Alabama now. We've been we're forty minutes into the show. We still talking Crimson Tide. I I, I think it. I'd be hard pressed to see anybody outside. There he is. He's in. Go dogs. Thank you, Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be hard pressed to say anybody outside of the SEC would be able to get by Bama. And oh, by the way, if you're watching right now, whether you're watching live on Facebook, whether you're watching live on YouTube, whether you're listening live on uh, the Zagnif One Radio Network, because we are live right now on the Zagnif One Radio Network, but if you're watching on any of those two platforms, do us a favor. That little button that says share, go down there. Put your thumb on top of it, mash it, share it to your streams, and let your people know that we're on Talking College Football here on a Friday night. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, as 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 um as Anthony said, we're gonna go ahead and move on um off of Alabama and Anthony, I'm coming to you. A segment that you created, uh Living on the Edge. Living on the Edge. So what you got, man? Okay, so uh it's a little early. Generally you don't get guys that are on the hot seat this early in the season. It's week three. The guys that you see that are on the hot seat are guys whose performances may not have been so great over the last couple of years, and now this is the prove-it-or-lose-it season. Uh, I did not have this first guy. I did not have him anywhere on my radar. I wasn't even thinking about him, to be completely honest. I haven't really tracked the program since Pete Carroll was there with Matt Leinard and Reggie Bush. But uh, after the second game, and I mean, it wasn't between Saturday night and Sunday morning. Clay Helton fired as a coach of – University of Southern California, the Trojans. Uh, he managed to post a pedestrian, rather pedestrian record. Of, well, forty six and twenty four is not that bad, but forty six and twenty four to at a program like USC with the history that good. USC has had 
and all of the uh, the, the 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 college football greats that came out and became NFL greats, um, that uh, that that became NFL greats, uh, that some of which are Hall of Famers, uh, with the with the caliber of the teams that, and especially with the expectation that uh, Pete Carroll built up the legacy that he left when he left. And granted, it's kind of a little shady about how he left, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, he's doing well in Seattle, but with the leg- legacy that he left, it's hard to step in behind the shoes of somebody that has taken a program to the heights that it has been and produce less than stellar results. And so uh, it was it brought in in 2013, I think, uh, or actually, I think they fired the previous coach and he that he he um, he coached the ball game. So he coached the Trojans to a win in the Las Vegas Bowl in 2013. Came back full time as their coach of the 2015 season. His best, he had a couple of good seasons. Um, he they finished second in the they finished. Uh, let's see, they had 10 and three season in 2016, 11 and three in 2017. They finished five and one in an abbreviated season last year. Uh, so not bad, but I mean, just the start that they were out to this year, gone. Didn't see that one coming, but that brings me to my candidates, uh, my this week's candidates for the living on the edge, sitting on the hot seat. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with this guy. Uh, he managed to, he was really on the hot seat after week one. He managed to stave off destruction after last week's win. Uh, Scott Frost at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scott Frost is currently uh, on a salary of $5 million. He's the uh, coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. A very storied and uh, strongly historied uh, NCAA football program. Several national championships. Um, but uh, he's had a very paltry record. Uh, six, and, uh, six and seven in 2016. He had, uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's his record at UCF. That's where he came from. He came from UCF. He was six and seven in 2016. Then he had the season where they wanted to claim the national championship, where they ran the table. And he was a media darling because he took this small school and turned them around uh, down at UCF. So he left for Nebraska in 2018. Uh, he's had no more than five wins since he's been the coach at Nebraska. He's got a 381 win percentage. Um, he's 38-28 overall. Um, he was a player at Nebraska. That was one of the reasons they brought him back too, because he's a hometown boy, done good. And uh, he just and then he shows up, and everybody that watches college football knows that there's maybe one, maybe two marquee matchups, big matchups in week one, all of the major programs are playing cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Nebraska Cornhuskers, for those of you that missed that game, they lost 42-14. to 14. I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. That was something different. They just got their butts handed to them by Illinois at home. Mm-hmm. And then – for to, to rub to, to to insult to injury that forty two to fourteen score the next week Illinois got their butts kicked forty two to fourteen down in Charlottesville yep. against the Cavaliers Yay. so you mean Yay. to tell me that Illinois comes into your house and embarrasses you on national television and then turns around and goes down to UVA who's kind of a middle of the pack ACC team and just got mollywopped. Yeah, he was on the hot seat, but he saved his butt last week. So Scott Frost on the hot seat right now is not as hot as it was after week one. We'll see after tomorrow's game. Uh, second, I don't know. This guy, I don't know how this guy still has a job. 
But I would venture to say that he's on the hot seat right now. Ladies and gentlemen, $4.1 million salary. Right up the road is Stillwater. We're talking about the mullet himself, Mike Gundy. Yeah. Mike Gundy, quarterback at Oklahoma State. He's got all kinds of passing. He's an all-time passing leader still to this day. Uh, He played with Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas on the national championship team. Uh, He's got records for the most attempts without interceptions. And that record was not broken for frame of reference from the time that Mike Gundy left Oklahoma State until RG3 broke that record in 2008. He held not just the Oklahoma State record, he held the college football record for the most pass attempts without an interception. And that was almost 30, that was almost, uh, that was about 20-some years, 20-some odd years. As a coach, he is 138-67, and which is not a bad record. But he's only had six 10-win seasons. Six. Two weeks ago, they almost got beat by Missouri State. Last week, it took a last-second touchdown for them to beat Tulsa. Tulsa, who is a bottom-tier, bottom-tier. I think they're in the Big 12. Bottom-tier Big 12 team. That program, which is supposed to be the in-state rival, Matt, he's supposed to be like the interstate rival to to Oklahoma, Oklahoma University to the Sooners, and they barely got they barely they barely won their two games. So definitely, Mike Gundy, hey Mullet, get it together, baby. Last but not least, two years ago, this guy was the media darling of all of the NCAA. We watched his team, um, we watched the team that he inherited from uh, his predecessor. Uh, struggle, and then all of a sudden they started hitting on all cylinders. They ran the table. Their quarterback won the Heisman Trophy. Joe Burrow now, uh, oh, who by the way was impressive in the in the in the Bengals game, but that's we'll leave that to let's talk football. But we're talking about those Tigers of LSU down in Baton Rouge. We're talking about the guy that everybody waited to see at the end of his press conference. Go dog, go go Tigers, go Tigers, go Tigers, mm-hmm. and Mr. Ed Ogeron. Ed Ogeron is a classic case of what have you done for me lately? He had that one really stellar season where everything clicked. And and if memory serves, those were guys that he inherited, weren't they? Yeah. He inherited those guys. It's kind of uh, Gus Malzahn inheriting from uh, Auburn from Gene Chizik and being able to ride the coattails until all of his recruits left. And then mm-hmm. we saw the real him. Yeah. Everybody loved Edge Ogeron. I was watching LSU games to say, well, hey, coach, tell us what you thought about the game. Well, you come out this do the thing, etouffee, crawfish, the hurricane, go, go Tigers. I, I yeah. loved him. I, I wanted to see, as much as I wanted UGA to win that year, I knew we were in a rebuilding season. But I was watching LSU. I was rooting for LSU, and I rooted for Ed Ogeron. And, uh, yeah, he he won that national championship. And he said, screw my marriage, screw coaching. He got rid of his wife, got himself a – he's on his second trophy girlfriend since he got rid of his wife. But uh, this uh, this year, since since the national championship, he has gone five and six. They finished last. The number one team, the reigning NCAA champion, finished last in their division in the SEC the following year. That is the worst case of worst to first. 
I don't know if there – I mean, I'm pretty sure there's still some feelings of goodwill for, for Coach. Uh, but I would venture to say that if he doesn't uh, right the ship this year, then they're going to start looking at restructuring his contract to maybe – I mean, he might get one more year. And God forbid, God forbid if the wheels fall off again this year, he might not come back this year. But there's a hell of a buyout because he's getting paid grip $8.9 million. I'm about to say, yeah, he getting paid some money. The only coach in the SEC getting paid more money than Ed Ogeron is Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely they hey they he secured that they signed they gave him a contract extension after the national championship. Well deserved. Now you got to earn your keep. So Ed Ogeron right. from LSU, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, and Scott Frost at Nebraska, you're all on the hot seat. Living on the edge. We're going to have the music next week. So, <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. And they, def- they definitely are. They definitely are because you, you got to get the job done. You absolutely got to get the job done. All right. Moving on. Uh, Mike so- Gundy, Mike, oh, to answer the question, Gundy was at Oklahoma State with the national championship team. When? Didn't they not win a national championship when he was there? No. Not when Barry Sanders was there. He played with Barry Sanders. Yeah, they didn't win, our, and Hartley Dykes and all those guys, but they didn't win a natty. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, the importance of doing thorough research. <laughs> but no, they won. Uh, yeah, because the one the year that Barry won the Nas- the uh, the Heisman, they played. Which should have been, which, which been the, all the uh, years he was there, but we ain't gonna talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry, yeah, Barry. He would, look, Barry. Yeah, Barry didn't win it, but he won the Heisman, and Thurman. They were good during. I think they were better during Thurman's years because Barry's years it was just Barry and Barry was amazing. He was incredible. He was incredible. But look, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we got to look into teams to watch for. We talked about this a little bit earlier and and asking if anybody can beat Alabama. And and I, I mentioned this team. And yes, I got my head bitten off. It's all gravy. We I'm gonna bite it again. See. You better not. You better not skip, skip Bayless. If you telling me you get ready to sit there and say Cincinnati again, I swear for the Lord, I'm gonna bring you all the L's and rain them down on your head. You just can change, listen. You can change your name to James Todd Smith because I'm gonna call you LL Cool J from here on out. You best not do it, Skip Bayless. You best I, I, not hey, do look, it. Look, I'm gonna come out and say it. I'm gonna come out and say it. Check out Cincinnati, ladies and gentlemen. They're number eight now. They're undefeated. Watch out for them, yo. 2-0, they beat Fresno 31-24. Or, or, or no, no, they uh they beat Murray State 42-7. They beat Miami of Ohio 49-14. I know it's going to be easy in their conference. It's wait, easy wait. for them to win it up. But wait. I think they're going to do something this year, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on, hold Let's on. Let's go. Hold on. Remix. Rewind. Who did they play again? Hey, Fre- hey Murray State. Hey, wait, wait. Miami wait. of Ohio. Who? <laughs> Hey, hey that's I, right. I think the Saints is playing on the TV in the next room because I keep wanting to scream, who that? <laughs> <laughs> yo, shout, yo, definitely shout out to Cincinnati. I, I, you know, they're, they're going to have, I think they're going to have a uh, good year in conference. But I do agree, once they go up against a Power 5 team, I do think they're going to struggle. Um, I like them because they have a number of returning starters. They get quarterback uh, Ritter returns. Solid, solid quarterback. One of those, a true dual threat type guy. Um, they have a good situation, but mainly the reason why they're going to do good is similar to UCF. Uh, when they had Dante Callback, Paul Culpepper and, uh, McKenzie Melton, those, those type of years, 
They're not playing anybody. They're not going through the gauntlet of the SEC or the Big 12 or things like that. So when they get into the big name late year, you know, January bowl games, that's when it's a struggle for them. That's when it's a struggle for them. But another team on that list, and I'm going to come to you on this, they just beat Ohio State. Them Ducks, them mighty Ducks of Oregon. You know what? You know what? I like Oregon. I got a lot of respect for Oregon. I love uh, what uh, uh, the Nike uh, CEO, VP, whatever he is, is like an alum, right? I love what they've done with the uniforms and rebranding the school. But it would be nice as hell if Oregon had as many playoff wins as they did Mm -hmm. uniform combinations. Did I say that out loud? Mm -hmm. Oops, I did it again. No, (laughs) seriously, Oregon is a good school. But we know what the deal is in the Pac-12. There really hasn't been a team in the Pac-12 to dominate in D1. And you got to really – and unless I miss it, if I'm wrong, correct me. And I know because y'all have been getting me in the comments. But if I'm wrong, correct me. There has not been a team in the Pac-12 to dominate like that in, in mm-hmm. D1 since the Pete Carroll era at USC. Mm-hmm. And if I'm wrong – and I mean, it's been you know, a while. Oregon has had, <laughs> Oregon's had a couple runs. USC kind of, kind of tried to do it, kind of tried to do it. But I'm just saying, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be Pac-12 good. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not going to be. I mean, they might. I'm not going to say never, never say never, never, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, never say never. Because the minute you say never, never is going to say, oh, it's going to happen. Um, right. They they may at some point because you have teams that emerge. But right now, with what they're working with. Pack, that's where they're gonna be. They're gonna be the biggest, baddest bully in middle school. And, and the minute they, the minute right. they leave middle school and go to high school, they're gonna get beat up by the high school bullies. Oh yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Facts. Your boy Colin saying, and yo, hey, and your your boy Colin saying, uh, what y'all think about Arkansas taking care of Texas? <laughs> Wait a minute. I'll tell you. Guess. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I'll tell you what I think about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ted, they, look, the, the, the Texas, horns went down on that one. Texas, 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 <laughs> Texas say, I'm a big boy now. I'm going to tell my mama, why you do that for you had to hit me that hard? That's exactly how that went down. I'm sorry. I don't mean yeah. to be silly, but that was, hoo-hoo. I got a good, healthy belly left over that. Oh, yeah. you, seriously. Texas, it's like, they're not the same Texas. They're not, they're not your mom's, your, 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 your dad's, your granddad's Texas team. All right? This isn't, this isn't that dominant team. And honestly, I... I don't. I think this was more of the fact that Texas is is, you know, we saw Ellinger leave after after last year, and he was he definitely brought a spark oh, to the University of Texas, you know. But I, I don't think I, I, I think the transition period it has not been good, and and Arkansas. All, all, another part of it is Arkansas is an SEC school. Those schools are built differently. You. Frame of reference. I love this. A, this a, that's a that's a phrase I love to use. Frame of reference. Texas is supposed to be at least the second or third best team in the Big Twelve right now. Argu- arguably, just looking at all the teams in the Big Twelve, you got Oklahoma obviously at the top, and then it could be flip flop year to year whether it's Texas or whether it's Oklahoma State. Right. Texas, one of the top three teams in a in the Big Twelve. Got their backsides handed to them by a low tier SEC. Arkansas is just a step above Vanderbilt. 
in mm-hmm. terms of their level of comp- competitiveness in the SEC. And Arkansas was like, oh, we got this. Oh, this, this is what we playing? Oh, we going to have some fun today, fellas. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No, hey, hey, we got. I got to shout out to the people watching. David Wright talk about Pastor Handy. Please preach this to this man again on the merits of playing to pick up basketball at the local elementary school versus oh, he the local pa- NBA oh, pa- team. Pastor, now, Pastor said he wasn't going to come out today, ladies and gentlemen, but I guess I guess I have to. See, sometime these people, the people think they're bigger than they are. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. sometime you got to be taken down just a pig. You understand oh, yeah. what I'm saying? Now, I hate to keep using David and Goliath as my reference. Preach it. Preach but, it. but but Texas considered themselves Goliath and Arkansas was David. Now, 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 if you remember what it say in the good book, Goliath was a big man. Mm-hmm. Big, broad, strong. Eight, eight, 12 dozen eggs every day to help him get large like Gaston. You understand what I'm saying? To touch your neighbor and say, large like Gaston. Touch your neighbor on the other side. Say, large like Gaston. Oh, yeah. Goliath was a big old boy. And Texas thought they were Goliath. And they saw on the other side of the river a young shepherd boy bringing lunch to his brothers on the battlefield. And David took him some smooth pebbles. And picked them up and started jiggling them like sunflower seeds, like the old brothers you see down down there, down there, down there at, the, at the at the at the juke joint, just jiggling the sunflower seeds. Went up there and went in there, and as soon as Goliath opened his mouth to say, "I'm a whoop yo," he couldn't even get the rest of it out because David delayed him, slap out. Debo got knocked out by Craig. Mm-hmm. Rocky. Got knocked out by Mr. T. Sometimes you get too big for your britches and you got to sit down. And that's what Arkansas did to Texas. Texas came in and said, I'm taking your lunch money. And Arkansas said, not today, my friend, because I got God in the SEC on my side. Yes, sir. There's a God somewhere. Sex and chocolate. Chapter 72 Verses 48, we're going to let the deacons take the collection now. I'm going to go on and let uh, Anthony come back and finish the show. <laughs> David, yeah, David's talking about preach. Uh, Kobe, da- Kobe uh, shout out to my guy, Kobe Dant, talking about Texas has the sixth best record in the Big 12 over the past nine years of having those 10 teams since realignment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, All you got to do is look at like Texas is supposed to be one of the preeminent. Te- I mean, Texas was the uh, – Matter of fact, the first team I remember as a kid being exposed to from here, from this area, was the Texas Longhorns. No doubt. Yeah. Because that was the big program. And then I, then I found out about Nebraska and Oklahoma. and But that was the program. Like, you always went, oh, everything's bigger in Texas. Ah. And Texas went into Arkansas. And uh, <laughs> it's almost like when the big city slickers decided to go on that canoe trip. And 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 the toothless boy with the banjo and his boys uh, showed him a little something different. You sure got mm-hmm. a, Arkansas looked at the Longhorns and said, "You sure got a pretty mouth." <laughs> What's out that mouth? You might get oh, yeah. some on you. Don't get me started today. Anyway, 
Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Texas. Oh, yeah. I, and, and speaking of a team to watch for, what about uh, your Bulldogs? Oh, absolutely. I well, I, the dogs are arguably just as Texas is arguably supposedly one of the top top tier teams in the uh, Big Twelve. I I would venture to say I love my dogs. I'm not going to take anything away from Alabama. Alabama's at the top of the list in the SEC. But I will definitely say uh, since Mark Rick took the program over in the early 2000s and then handed it off to Kirby Smart, Georgia has gradually worked its way up from being uh, the footstool for Florida every year, which we were for quite some time, um, to being beat up by teams like Auburn, and losing close games to, <clears throat> uh, and and losing close games to Tennessee and Kentucky has brought that program back to prominence, back to where it was when Vince Dooley had the school back in the eighties. And shout out to Garland saying you got you're good for ten wins. Oh yeah, absolutely, it, absolutely. For the last twenty years, we're always good for ten wins. And I swear to God, is the most frustrating thing about being a Georgia team is, but for, uh, but for a pass interference call here or an offsides call there or uh, a blown coverage here or there, we'd have at least, wait, say, Colin, we'd have at least maybe three more championships because it was the SEC championship that was Aaron Murray's last game and there was some kind of bad, there was some kind of, we had a penalty, we had a couple of penalties on that drive that put us out of range. And then um, there was, uh, of course, the national championship game. Seriously. I, honestly, I, I we'd have a lot more conference championships and at least I'll say two more national championships, especially the one with the blown coverage that let Devontae Smith loose in the left corner in the end zone. And my heart still hurts watching Devontae score in the same corner in the end zone, getting a touchdown pass from Jalen Hurts against my Falcons. But that's mm-hmm. I'm in therapy for that. Pastor said, I just got to pray a lot and say touch a neighbor. And something like that, because he likes to say that a lot. I don't know what that is. Like, we're going to have to talk. The pastor's going to have to get some help for that. You ain't supposed to be touching the neighbor all the time, Pastor. That's I'm just saying. Um, but Georgia's definitely a team to look out for. Um, <clears throat> Florida always bears watching, always, mm-hmm. because even with Georgia being the dominant team in the East, Florida is always nipping right at our heels. Um, uh, I, you know uh, a, a team that we need to look out for? If they figure out a way to get some better recruits, because they got a good coach, mm. the Aggies at A&M, mm. at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. They won a close one last week against Colorado. They had their backup quarterback in there. And, I mean, he 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 did anything he could. He had a very – he had a poor, poor game. Uh, that Colorado defense is definitely underrated, but he they ended up pulling it out late. Uh, they have one of the players to watch for, uh, Isaiah Spiller. Uh, mm-hmm. stuts, pretty solid running back out of, out of uh, A&M. So definitely, definitely somebody to look at. But, yeah, yeah keep going. And Jim, because Jim, Jimbo's a good – there's no denying that Jimbo Fisher's a good coach. I mean, he's yeah. – uh, where he was at uh, – was he at – when he had it with the – he was at the Florida State. State. Yeah, he was at the he Seminole. He was at Florida State with Mr. Uh, – Mr. E to W. Mr. E to W. <laughs> he got the he got he was a successor to uh, Bobby Bowden, and they won the national champ against, championship against Oregon. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Well, Oregon does have they got at least one playoff win. I I did say they needed to have more though because they got eight hundred. It's a damn shame you got eight hundred seventy two outfits. You ain't been but to one ball. 
I'm just saying. I, I think that was BCS. I think yeah, that, that was, that was a B, that was a BCS era before yeah. the, the. So they era. won. They they just had to win the Pac-12 and be you know, which like you said, if if USC is down and Stanford wasn't doing much, you know, that wasn't wasn't major. You know, yeah. Washington had a year or two, but you know. Yeah, but I mean, it's basically what you see in the top twenty-five. I'm I'm looking at that's probably going to be the that's probably going to be the de facto top twenty-five for the next few years. As long as there aren't any huge major coaching changes, that's what we're going to be looking at. So, uh, but in 2021, I think on paper Georgia's toughest game was Clemson. Uh, tomorrow we played Gamecocks, uh, and we will be starting. I believe I don't know if we're going back to JT because Stetson Bennett questionable this week. Stetson yeah. Bennett, the mailman, he got hurt. He showed out. I think he must have blown his arm out because Lord knows he's. Uh, I think Stetson Bennett um, enrolled at the University of Georgia right after they caught the D.C. sniper, and um, he's still there playing. <laughs> so just to tell you how long he's been there. Matter of fact, I think he enrolled right after the Matrix came out, isn't it? He's been, he's been there for a minute. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. He's only been, I think he, uh, with the COVID, with the COVID not uh, counting against his eligibility, I think he's still, yeah. They, and then they redshirted him when he came back from JUCO, so he's good on eligibility. But uh, uh, I don't know who else. Well, Clemson could still be dangerous, but Clemson, that's not the Clemson. That is I don't, not, that I don't is, think so. I don't think Clemson's going to come that, out of ASC, that, honestly. That, uh, the, you don't uh, think so? ACC. Well, who, 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 well, come on, man. Who else they got? Miami was supposed to get – Miami? Miami's not going to do it. Florida, uh, Florida State's not going to do it because Florida State – Florida State. Again, any given Saturday. I, I honestly believe I do. I mean, and it's not taking anything away from Georgia. I think you guys are definitely a dominant power with that defense. Um, I'm just not trusting. I'm not trusting DJ. I'm not trusting. They. I mean, they got. They have some players, but I feel like they're not turning it turnover. Uh, they're not getting the turnover of players similar to an Alabama. Right, I think they're 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 going to be fine. Yes, uh, and in the ACC they're going to be fine. But I don't think they get past like a Notre Dame. You know, I think uh, one of oh, one the of way, the, the lower way. teams gets an upset on them this year. I don't think they Notre go Notre Dame is definitely like if they wind up. Is this the year that the new playoff takes effect, or is that on hold now because of conference realignment? Um. So with some, I know some haven't gone uh, gone through. I think the ones that are at coming into the SEC, I think they still have two years. Uh, well, um, 2020, 20, 2025, actually, but they can they can go oh. next year with a buyout. Okay. But the, I don't know. But my question is, I thought the the new playoff system was supposed to take effect this year. I was that's yeah. what I was trying to find out. But uh, Notre Dame definitely. Um, Notre Dame could definitely give Clemson uh, the business the way they're playing yeah. this year. Could happen. It could happen. The SEC is a sleeper is, is is definitely a sleeper spot. And uh, one other team I wanted to take a look at. Well, I, I'm excited how they have started. Um, this definitely could be just a puff of smoke. Uh, but that one of the teams out of the out of the uh, Pac-12, the UCLA, the UCLA Bruins. You know, they got first two teams. I know they they beat the basketball. You mean the ba- you mean the basketball school? No, look, look, I, I understand it. I, and they haven't beat anybody. They beat a lowly LSU team and they beat a lowly Hawaii team. So I get that. But I've been watching them for years. And honestly, with how the Pac-12 is down, I, I think they can make a little, they can make a little noise over there. 
in, now, this in might effect. Be just well, a smoke. like I said, you could be they they're gonna be the bad. They might be the baddest dude in the neighborhood, but don't come out of right. don't don't come around on the wrong block. All it takes, all it takes is for one, because you see with the SEC, all it takes is for one of them teams to upset and then get in there and slide in there somehow, get past Alabama, or or what we've noticed in the Final Four is it doesn't necessarily matter. The national championship game is one thing, but it also matters where you're seated because that first matchup could be huge. Let's not forget Alabama did not make it to the Final Two last year. Alabama also. It was last year. It was Clemson versus Ohio State. You know, now I don't think it's going to be Ohio State again this year. But Wait a minute. are you sure about that? Last year, last year Alabama won the national championship with Mac Jones as a quarterback. Nah, I'm looking up. I'm looking up right now because last year is when uh, Trevor Lawrence lost it. Yes, because Alabama beat Clemson. No, Ohio State. Oh, Alabama beat Ohio State. No, Ohio State beat Clemson. No, Justin Fields did not win a national championship. Ohio State beat Clemson in the playoff round, and then Alabama beat Ohio State in the national championship. Okay. All right. I know, look, I know I'm scatterbrained, but I remember Mac Jones with the cigar, and I remember all of that. Justin Fields walking around looking like he lost his puppy. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, so he went because Mac Jones went straight for the national championship, won the Heisman, won something else, then wound up being – he wasn't the number one pick. No, he didn't win the Heisman. I'm sorry, Devontae won the Heisman. But he was Mm -hmm. a Heisman finalist, and he wound up being a high draft pick. So, um, but, yeah, I I just want to know in what world you think, even whatever way you seed it, that any team not named Georgia, possibly Auburn, Clemson, well, Clemson, not this year, uh, Georgia, maybe Auburn, Ohio State, can uh, Florida can beat Alabama in the playoffs this year, based on, on what? Wait, wait, based on what you've seen right now. Yeah, in the playoff, uh, I, honestly, yeah, you're you're, you're right, you're absolutely right. Because what? Look. And, and 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 Saban is a master at it. He just go out every week and go, well, you know, they're a tough opponent and we really have to prepare for them because they've got a great program and a great coach and the kids work very hard and they're very dedicated. And Miss Terry told me that if I let my guard slip, then I don't get my Debbie cakes on Sunday. So, I, you know, it, it, boom. That, and he goes out there and he psychs them out and the other team comes out all hyped up and, and they they might come out and, get a couple of first downs and maybe score a touchdown. And then Alabama just lays the hammer on them and just knocks them slap the hell out. Very true. Very true. Very true. That, that I mean, that's it. That That's it. And as far as other, t- I mean, like I said, I think where we are with the top 25 is where we're going to be with the top 25. And it's probably going to be these same teams next year, unless there's some major coaching changes or some serious loss of key players. So, yeah. Yeah. So what you what we got for the next segment, my brother? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, marquee, <laughs> he was, he was like, marquee uh, matchups for the weekend. You guys have uh, South Carolina. How you feel about that? Bobby Wills says go South Carolina. I'm feel, I'm feeling pretty confident about Georgia and South Carolina. I'm Georgia over South Carolina. Um, 
few years back when uh, Spurrier was – for some reason, Spurrier always had Georgia's number. When he was at Florida and when he came back to South Carolina and uh, when he did the combat handoff to Muschamp, uh, they kind of had our number for a minute too, but that was because Muschamp, again, inherited what Spurrier left behind. But now all those guys are gone. Yeah, it's it's a wrap. It's a wrap. I I don't think I I don't foresee us beating South Carolina as badly as we beat UAB. But I do think we come away winning comfortably. I, I say at least I say at least two scores, maybe two scores and a field goal. Nice. So, I can see that happening for sure. For absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you also got um, let's see, Penn State and Auburn. What do you think about that one? Uh, I think Auburn is going to embarrass uh, people. They're playing in Happy Valley, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, I think Happy Valley. I think the fans at Happy Valley will be leaving shortly after the third quarter is over. Um, and they might leave halfway through the third quarter. Again, it's one of those things where these kid these kids jump up and say, "We want Bama. We want Bama." Everybody, look, Mike Tyson said a long time ago, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And even though Auburn is not the Auburn of the Cam Newton era with Gene Chizik, they're still Auburn. Right, absolutely. And Auburn is going to go into Penn State and show those guys how how they play grown man ball in the SEC. That, that's all I had to say. And then they had the, the audacity to come out. Did you see the news story? Oh, we're going to wear white T-shirts and have a whiteout at Happy Valley so we can confuse the Auburn players. <laughs> Stop like, that's it. Work. Stop it's not going to Stop it. And, and, and lastly, you got the uh, Alabama-Florida game. What do you think? Oh, Alabama-Florida is definitely the game. Uh, outside of Georgia, uh, I started to say outside of Georgia-Florida. Outside of uh, Georgia-South Carolina, that game is the one that I want to most keep my eyes on because, like I said, it's the last 20-some-odd years, it's been Georgia-Florida flip-flopping in the East. And uh, Florida is, if there's any team that can expose any chinks in the armor of the Crimson Tide, It'll be the Gators, and, uh, you know, as long as uh, Dan Mullen keeps those boys coached up. Um, and, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that game because that game, I think, will dictate. That's not – I'm talking like Georgia's already going to SEC championship but because mm. they are. But you didn't, you heard it here first from your boy, Mr. Fingers, slash uh, Shea Shea, slash Pastor Handy. Uh, they're, going, they're going to the SEC championship. But uh, – Florida would be the team to expose how to beat Alabama. And one thing that Kirby does, he might not be, he might not always be, he might not be a master uh, tactician, but he's a, he's a stickler for freaking detail. And if Florida does anything that makes Bama catches Bama off guard, he's going to want, he's going to be taking notes. So, yeah. I mean, he won't You're be, right. he won't be watching the game because we're playing, because we're playing tomorrow, but he's going to be taking notes. Now, these are the games that I have to – these are the games that I have that I think – they might not be marquee matchups, but they are for me, and I'll explain why. Nebraska versus OU. We all know mm-hmm. Oklahoma – we all know the Sooners are going to run the Huskers off the field. Um, but that game, it has a lot of history behind it. Like I mentioned, that was always the indicator who was going to win the conference and potentially go to the national championship. And I've been living here three years now. Oklahoma has grown – I mean, you can't not – you can't not get indoctrinated in some way because there's boomer sooner on everything. There's dealerships that are called boomer or sooner or combination of both. And you hear the on the radio on every commercial. Mm. Um, the 
even the, the 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 sports radio station has an exclusive deal where they broadcast. Uh, they they've got two major universities in the area, and the only one that they broadcast is Oklahoma University. Um, and so, you know, um, and I think Lincoln Riley's done great things with the program. Plus that, the dude is the dude is. I mean, the whole the team as a whole has not reached Nirvana yet. That that Nick Saban level of Nirvana. But one thing that, that the Riley is good at. The dude is a freaking quarterback whisperer. If you don't believe yeah. me, he had uh, three years running, had a Heisman finalist as a quarterback. A quarterback from his team is a Heisman finalist. Baker Mayfield won. Kyler Murray won. Both of them were number one draft picks. Jalen Hurts was a finalist. He was a high draft pick. And all three of them are starting quarterbacks in the NFL as of yes. as of this as of week three. Uh, this guy Spencer Rattler, um, they were saying. Uh, I think this is his sophomore year, so probably, probably by the end of the season, probably by midseason, he's going to be in full stride. By end of the season, if they're still clicking on all cylinders, look out! And uh, I'm looking forward to see when he can bring the table next year. Uh, my next, uh, you mentioned Bama versus Florida. My next, Martin, my next matchup, I'm going to be looking at, even if the game is not on. I'm going to be following the score of Tulsa versus Ohio State. On paper, mm-hmm. Ohio State should win that game, but I want to see uh, Ohio State. Um, promotes themselves as a uh, national champion, national championship mm-hmm. caliber team. I want to see how a team that thinks that they're a national champion bounces back after the loss they had last week. <laughs> I want to see that. Also, uh, I want to see uh, um, uh, what um, UNC does against uh, the Wahoos because mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of the season, um, your Tar Heel, what's your quarterback's name? Uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell. He was a he was a he was in the list of Heisman hopefuls. Uh, apparently, didn't look so good in Week One. Um, they've managed to uh, kind of sort of right the ship, and they're ranked. Where are they? They're ranked number twenty one at one and one. So I want to see what they're able to pull off against UVA because that's an ACC matchup. So that's a crucial game. Um, I don't know if they're in the same division in the conference or not, but uh, mm-hmm. that's they're not. Um. Uh, yeah, there, there. Okay, so that's a crucial matchup. So that's when they got to win in order to to be uh, considered for conference championship. So um, I think for sure those are the games that I definitely want to keep an eye on because I, I, you know, like you said, any given Saturday, so especially the last two. I want to see how Ohio – I'd be interested to see how Ohio State rebounds, uh, and I definitely want to see uh, what UNC does. I'm just they're they're on my watch list now just because they said Heisman hopeful at the beginning of the season. So no doubt, no doubt. And and last lastly, um, I'm coming back to you for the HBCU spotlight. Yes, indeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, many of you know. Uh, for those of you that don't know, HBCU historically black college and university. Uh, there are a goodly amount of players in the NFL that came in the NFL, black players um, that uh, didn't have the opportunity to go to an Alabama, uh, a USC, uh, an Ohio State. So what they did was they went to black colleges and they played at these black colleges and the NFL scouts happened to notice them and pick them up. Uh, I did mention before Shannon Sharp. Now, of course, by the time Shannon Sharp came along, the all of the D one was wide open. 
But uh, Shannon Sharp played at an HBCU at Savannah State University in my hometown. It was an absolute pleasure getting to watch him play his college ball from the stands and, you know, not on television. So I got to see him play before any of you did. Ha, ha, ha. Um, but uh, there are some other great players in the league. Jerry Rice, Steve McNair, you know, we mentioned those guys. They all played at HBCUs and managed to get into the league and have incredible careers as uh, NFL players. So each week we're going to spotlight an HBCU program. Uh, and I thought it would be fitting to start with one of the most historic and one of the most prolific HBCU program football programs in American history, that being Grambling State University. Uh, Grambling State University was founded November 7th, 1901, as the Colored, and Indu- Colored Industrial and Agriculture School just west of Grambling, Louisiana, by Charles Adams, who also was the school's first president. In 1905, the school moved to its current location and was renamed the North Louisiana Agricultural and Industrial School. By 1928... They were offering two-year professional certificates and diplomas after becoming a state junior college and then was renamed the Louisiana Negro Normal and Industrial Institute. Now, for those of you wondering what normal school is, that means that um, at that t- at that time, if a college had a designation of a normal school, that meant that the students that went there primarily went there to get certificates so they could learn, uh, so they could become teachers. Uh, in 1946, the school was renamed Grambling College. In 1974, was granted university status and was renamed Grambling State University. The football program currently plays in Division One in the FCS Division of the Southwest Athletic Conference. Uh, the team was founded in 1928. Uh, their most prominent coach, you cannot say the words Grambling State without mentioning these two words, Eddie Robinson. Eddie Robinson led the team to 408 victories over 55 seasons. I want y'all to make sure you understand what I'm saying. 55 seasons. Frame of reference, there goes my favorite phrase again. I just turned 51 a few months ago. Eddie Robinson coached for four years longer than that. Um, 51 seasons. He currently ranks number three on the all-time wins list for NCAA coaches with wins. He only is uh, third behind um, Joe Paterno at 409 and John Gagliadari, who has 489. Um, and just, for, for just, uh, just to give you an idea of how big a deal that is, the next closest active coach on the list behind Eddie Robinson's win total is Mac Brown. And Mac Brown has 259 wins. And Nick Saban has 257. Just let that sink in for a minute. Uh, Gramlin has won 26 conference championships, 19 of those under Eddie Robinson, four of them under an alumnus which whose name some of you may uh, remember. He uh, quarterbacked for the Washington Redskins, became the first African-American black man to quarterback in the Super Bowl with the then Washington Redskins, Doug Williams, um, and 15 HBCU national championships. Um, they played the first collegiate football game in Asia. How about that for a piece of history? Mm. They played the first college game that was played in Asia. Grambling was a part of that. Uh, they played against Morgan State. Uh, currently, Grambling has five college football Hall of Famers and four pro football Hall of Famers, the being Willie Brown from the Raiders, Buck Buchanan of the Chiefs, Willie Davis of the Browns and Packers, and Charlie Joyner of the Chargers. 
Doug Williams himself was named the MVP of Super Bowl 22. Then some of uh, their players that went on to play in the league, James Shaq Harris, who became the first black quarterback to play in all of pro football. We're not, we're, we're talking current NFL. And then before when there was AFL and the NFL playing separately, he was the first quarterback to start to be, he was the first black man to be named as a starting quarterback in all of pro football played for the bills, the Rams and the chargers. Uh, for those of you that are wrestling fans, you may remember a name, name, uh, remember a name of a guy by the name of uh, Ernie Ladd, the big cat. He played for the Chargers, the Oilers, and the Chiefs. So rich history behind the Grambling State University. And that, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, has been your HBCU Spotlight for this week. Nice. nice. Absolutely. That was, that was dope. That was nice. That was nice. So, yeah, stay tuned for – for more of those, and uh, Andy will de- or Anthony will definitely bring more HBCU uh, spotlights um, in the coming weeks. Um, is there any other games you're looking forward to? Um, today, tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow coming up. Oh man, you know what? To be completely honest, I'm going to be too busy trying to keep up with all of these games to write down to keep my notes, so we can come back and do this next week to really think about anything that I'm excited about. Um. Because generally, I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you, I get all the way worked up for the Georgia game. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole night. Colin, if he's still watching, can tell you um, there's it's a ritual. I mean, it's uh, are we are we playing at are we playing at home or are we playing in South Carolina? We are playing in South Carolina, so we don't have the whole home game ritual. But when there's a home game, we've got the whole battle hymn of the Bulldog Republic with the glory, glory to old Georgia with Larry Munson's narration. And then you've got the Red Coat Band, and you've got Krypton playing at the fourth quarter. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've just got the, the whole – I, I, I get up for all of that. And since I can't be at the game, I have all the stuff queued up on my phone. I, um, I, I air-tooth it to my, to my TV. So I still get the Battle Helm of the Bulldog Nation and Glory Glory and Who's That Coming Down to Track the Mean Machine in Red and Black, Nothing Finer in the Land, and Drunk obnoxious bulldog fan and Krypton in the fourth quarter and the whole nine. Like I even play uh, after every first down I play on my phone. Like it's, I, I'm at home. Like I'm at in Athens in Sanford stadium. So yeah, I, I, by the time I get done watching that and keeping track of the marquee games, I'll have my stats and stuff together for you next Friday. But those are the games I'm most excited to see. You got anything else that really just jumps out at you? No, no, I agree, completely agree with what you were saying. Um, I'm, I'm eager to see that Alabama-Florida game um, because I think, the, in, in, you know, the only, only way they're going to lose is if it's out of the SEC. So I definitely am looking forward to that one. Um, oh, so man. I completely agree with you. Shout out to my boy Colin. Colin, how could I forget a dog walk? That is that, – like all of these are little things that have been added over the years. At a home game, the buses pull up uh, – they pull up to the stadium, and they get out, and they start rocking them buses, man. And you, the buses look like they're going to fall. They start rocking the buses, and the guys get out, and they're all suited and booted, and they make that walk over to the facility. And everybody and the band's playing, and people are reaching out trying to pat them on the back. It's like their rock star moment, like their red carpet yeah. moment. It is a huge – like the, that whole and, – and the funny thing is that process evolved after the time when I was in school there, because all of that wasn't mm-hmm. part of it then. Yeah. So, 
it's a huge big deal. Just like just like any place else has their rituals, you know, like toilet paper and tumors corner and all that stuff. Georgia, a Georgia game is, and rest in peace to big dog Mike Woods. He would have the, the dog painted on his head, and he'd take pictures with any and everybody that want to take pictures. And now his son has carried on a tradition. And Sonny Siler and Ugga, and when he comes in, and people just completely lose their mind. And Harry Dog and the Costa, the the the, um, the Savage Gang with the spiked shoulder pads on the. I have seen all of that from inside the stadium on the sidelines. It is just nice. a game day experience, unlike anything that I, I look. I'm biased. But I'm just going to tell you, they got the best game day experience, period, right. hands down. Nice, nice. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. And hopefully, you know, that's definitely uh, everything that's cracked up to be. I know that's a rivalry, um, Georgia, South Carolina. But uh, that's, that should be interesting. That should be interesting, definitely, definitely. You got anything else, Ben? I'm good, brother. I can see you winding down. I know you put in your time and work today, and, I, and I'm winding down my work week, too. So uh, I'm still in my work clothes. You see, I had to let them know. I, I, got, a, I got a co-worker. I was telling uh, those of you still watching, I had a co-worker that actually played, on, uh, played for the Sooners, played with Boz, played with, uh, played with Boz, and played uh, – no, that, that – I'm sorry – he likes to tell people. I, I asked him a day. I said, oh, man, you played with Boz? He's like, uh, correction, Boz played with me. That was my team. I was there before he got there. I was on that championship squad. That was my team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe it. So, yeah, and, and Larry Munson, the world's uh, – he, he wasn't on the major networks, but he was the absolute best radio announcer ever. He gave all those terms that you hear. He gave us that hunker down, hunker down. He's like, uh, but uh, Colin, you gonna have to help me. But he's like, dogs, I'm asking you to hunker down one more time. And they, and the dogs are and they're knocking on the dog. I'm asking the dogs to hunker down one more time. And then he was reaching out to Dog Nation on the radio. And man, I was watching. I I'd never forget. I was like eight or nine. I'm on, I'm I'm the TV's on, but I'm listening to Larry Munson. And I got goosebumps. Like, ah, oh, are they gonna win, Dad? Are they gonna win? Like, you know, in the radio, obviously the TV's obviously ahead of the radio. It's like I don't know. Something watch the TV. I want to listen to the radio because Larry Munson was the dude. Like that mm-hmm. that that you, you've heard you've seen the clip with Herschel Walker. My God, a freshman. It was phenomenal. Uh, Colin has a question for us from the crowd. What's the question, sir? How do I think Oklahoma is going to fare in the SEC? Uh, I think with the coaching staff that is in place and the immediate floodgate of uh, they just the fact that they're moving to the SEC is already going to ensure that they're going to get even more of the lion's share of the better recruits in the state and from surrounding, well, maybe not from Arkansas because Arkansas, Arkansas borders Oklahoma to the North East. I believe it is because we came through there coming here. Um, yeah, the hobnail boot. Yes, sir. Uh, they just stepped on the volunteers neck with a hobnail boot. I, I could do that all night, but I think that Oklahoma is going to get more of the line, even more of the lion's share of the good talent in Oklahoma, uh, kids that coming from northeast Texas that want to play in Oklahoma, um, they're going to pull a lot of kids from up around the Stillwater, Tulsa area. So I think that Oklahoma will be okay. I think that in time, Oklahoma could potentially 
depending on how long Lincoln sticks around, could become the competitor, the heir apparent to the throne in the West when the mm. time comes for St. Nick to step down. Because Lincoln's, mm. Lincoln's a young dude. He's younger than me. And as yeah. long as he keeps winning new conference championships, I he's I mean, Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy's been at Oklahoma State since, like, Reagan was on TV going, honey, I forgot to duck. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I do. I think Oklahoma will be just fine. Texas, uh, I don't know. They'll they'll probably get better. They're still going to be the big dog in the state, um, so they'll probably get better recruits as well. But not like Oklahoma. Everybody, right. everybody, right now, you give a kid the choice between a middle of the road kid, the choice between going down south to Austin and coming up to Norman and playing at uh, playing for Lincoln. He'll probably say, "I want to go play for Lincoln because even if they don't, even if they don't win Natties." They win conference championships and their quarterbacks win Heisman's. So, right, absolutely, I agree. I definitely agree. That's that's all I got, man. I'm not gonna keep you, brother. I appreciate you for inviting me to be a part uh, to to create this. Uh, it was I, you, man. It was your show, bro. Yeah, well, I'm it, just, I, I'm it was. Just trying it was to help out. <laughs> it, it was your brainchild, though. It was your brainchild, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and here we are. So those of y'all that hung out with us till the end, we really appreciate you. Uh, tell your friends about this because this is a great way to spend the Friday night having a couple of beers before the big games kick off on Saturday. Uh, I'm I'm Anthony. I'm Mr. Fingers. That right there, that that handsome fellow over there, I have to point the opposite direction uh, to get him. That's, that's my partner in crime. The man, the shout out King, Mr. Big grins and pointy fingers, Sean Spencer. <laughs> let's go. Um, we do appreciate you for joining us today on this episode of let's talk college football. We will be back next Friday and, uh, y'all just keep tuning in and telling your folks and we'll have more content. We're going to have, we're we going to work on our time and stuff like that. We'll have some actual music and some sound effects. <laughs> And things like that, so we can have some stuff for you. I, I definitely like that. Uh, I want to keep that crazy. But uh, we love y'all. Much love on behalf of myself and Sean Spencer. This has been Let's Talk College Football. We'll catch you next week. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Let's Talk College Football, hosted by Anthony Handy, Mr. Fingers, and Sean Spencer. This has been the Zagnif One Radio Network. Tune in next week for another live episode. Until then, be good to yourselves, be good to each other. We'll catch you then.